You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Wes Wheeler, President of UPS Global Healthcare and Life Sciences. reach of COVID-19 has continued to grow, so too has the response from companies all over the world. With its newly created Global Healthcare and Life Sciences Division, UPS is dedicating efforts to providing much-needed equipment and services to the cause. Wes Wheeler, president of UPS Healthcare, joins us to detail how they're supporting the fight against COVID-19 by remaining, as their slogan reads, quality-focused and patient-driven. Joining me today is Wes Wheeler, president of UPS's Global Healthcare and Life Sciences Unit. Wes, thank you so much for joining the Inbound Logistics Podcast today. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. First of all, uh, I hope you're safe and healthy uh, in the middle of this whole craziness. Yes, I am home like most people. <laughs> thank you very much for asking. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, so, Wes, if you could, could you introduce yourself to our audience, give us a little bit about your background, and then uh, take us through uh, UPS Healthcare. How many shipments are you handling a year? Uh, who and how many uh, make up your customer base? And uh, you know what kind of products you're delivering? Sure. Okay. Uh, well, I'm I'm an engineer. I've been in business and in operations for 40 years now. Uh, uh, Ten with uh, with Exxon Research and Engineering Company way back, and then I joined the uh, pharmaceutical industry about 30 years ago. Started with Glaxo Smith Klein and uh, worked for 12 years and then since then i've either managed or or run uh, five companies uh, and recently sold my company to ups which is why i'm i'm here today uh the ups we're going to come back to the division i guess the new division that we just Mm -hmm. formed but uh, we are a vertical business unit within ups we we have about 5500 people 128 sites in 32 countries and we we serve about 100,000 customers that are strictly healthcare-related uh, customers, and we do about 325 million shipments per year for those customers, and that does not include marketing. Wow. Inbound Logistics recently took a trip to a UPS uh, healthcare facility, and uh, while we were there, we noticed uh, a sign on the wall that said, uh, it's not a package, it's a patient. Uh, and uh, to that end, I understand that UPS Healthcare has created a whole new look and a new slogan as part of their transformation. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think it's I think it's been clear to UPS for a very long time that healthcare is different. It's just it's not it's not the same as as most of their customers. And of course, UPS serves millions of customers uh, all over the world. But I think they realized, especially after they bought Markin, the company that I just ran, that the complexity of the healthcare industry and where it's headed with all the new uh, pharmaceutical products that are being manufactured from biologics and cells and genes are complex enough that they would separate the business. And this is the first time in their history that they've really formed a true vertical business unit within itself. And so because of that, we decided to have our own look. Uh, First time ever that we've had a business unit like this, we created our own look, our own brand. Uh, It is a prominent color in in the the market that blue is is very common amongst our customer base so we chose blue and we chose ups healthcare as our brand and then we have a small slogan which is quality focused and patient driven right now that in that same trip we also saw ups technicians working on high value surgical kits uh, can you tell us what uh, what's the makeup of those kits and uh how they're used and maybe how ups healthcare is processing them I think it's a good example of how most of our, many of our clients don't don't know just the, the breadth and depth of the services that UPS can provide. 
And at that particular site in Swedesboro, New Jersey, uh, we, we, we do a very unique service for one of our clients. It's a medical device company. They make uh, spinal kits for surgery, spinal procedures. And in those kits, there are uh, screws and bolts and different types of um, parts you need to do surgical uh, work in, in, the, in the surgery, of course. And those kits, those kits have to come back when they're finished and when they're used, they come back and, they, and we look at the kits and we assemble them, disassemble them, check the inventory, clean them, and then put them back together again for reuse. Of course, we don't sterilize these kits, but we do autoclave them, which is basically a, an oven where you heat with steam to help clean them and put them back into service. Right, right. Now, let's go back to uh, Markin. Uh, UPS acquired Markin, I believe, in 2016. Can you tell us about uh, Markin and uh, uh, what's been going on with Markin since the acquisition? Sure. Happy to talk about Markin. I love the company. <laughs> I joined the company in 2011. We sold it in December of 2016, so we, we, we had it for about uh, about six years or so before we sold it to UPS. I've been, of course, running that company until last December, and so we've had a nice run since we were acquired by UPS. But Markin is a, um, started out as a courier company in London. Uh, they decided probably 20 years ago to get into pharmaceuticals, especially in clinical trials. And so over the last, say, nine years that I've been involved with the company, we've transformed it from a pretty simple courier company to a full-service clinical supply chain company. Uh, they serve about uh, 1,000 different companies around the world. There's 55 sites in 25 countries, about 1,200 people. And they basically do whatever it takes to make sure clinical trials operate smoothly, that blood is retrieved from the patients and from the investigator sites, and that the drugs are delivered to the investigator sites to make sure that the trials run smoothly. It's a very, very comprehensive supply chain company that we built. UPS was uh, very happy to have us, and uh, I'm happy to still be here. What kind of reorganization did you have to do, and uh, how did that integration expand UPS Healthcare's offerings? Well, I think uh, UPS decided to get to make an investment in healthcare probably 15 years ago. They bought a few companies um, before, well before they bought Markin, mm -hmm. but they were missing the the clinical component. So most of what UPS has been able to do in the past is serve commercial drugs products, uh, commercial uh, medical devices, serve hospitals, but main, mainly for marketed products. Uh, they didn't have the clinical component, so they bought Markin to to add the clinical to the commercial to give a full service. And I think we're now probably the only company in the world that can do what we do, both clinical, commercial. We can use the UPS airline whenever we need to, to move drugs and, and blood and the tissue all over the world. It's a very, very unique combination of the two companies. It's a good synergy. Now, uh, right at the uh, integration of these companies, the, the pandemic hit, right? So um, how has the reorg improved your response efforts? Yeah, I can tell you when I when I agreed to take this job in December, uh, I don't think anybody could have predicted <laughs> that within three months we'd be in the middle of this uh, massive effort. I mean, I think that timing was almost uncanny because mm. we put the division together in January. Uh, we pretty much staffed up and, and as we say, <clears throat> lifted and shifted the, the people and the facilities from the company into this vertical business unit just at the time this pandemic hit. And so we were we were fully staffed and we were ready. And what what this did is force us together fast. 
And so we, we opened a bridge every single day. It went all day long on Zoom. And uh, the team would come together virtually and make sure that the test kits and the reagents and the chemicals and the, uh, the samples and the PPE were moving all over the world. And that as orders came in and need came in, that we would be ready. And so we were working virtually, virtually every day for two weeks. Actually, it's been going six weeks now, but the, the daily Zoom calls finished about two weeks ago. Well, what, uh, what kind of improvements have you seen uh, domestically and, and globally then as a result of these efforts? I think that uh, what it's done is, I mean, all the healthcare facilities we have uh, around the world, including Markin, 128 sites, they now report to one central function. That's with, with, through, through to me, and I report to, uh, to Kate Gutman, who's the chief sales and solutions officer for UPS. So I have access to the very top of the company. We ha- we're able to fund uh, new capital investments for the business. We've been able to, to create synergies between Markin and UPS. We've been able to, as I said, use the UPS airline, which is quite a large function all by itself, to get hybrid shipments to move where we can use couriers on one end and UPS on the other and the airline in between. It's been a really uh, interesting journey to just find all the synergies uh, to bring these two companies together and to bring the whole organization together, frankly. Uh, Outside of that synergy, uh, how is UPS supporting global organizations and federal agencies during this whole uh, health crisis? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. The UPS Foundation uh, is is an independent part of the company. And UPS has always been uh, very, very involved with philanthropic uh, organizations like the WHO and UNICEF and the Global Fund, William and Melinda Gates Foundation and others. Uh, they've always been very generous with humanitarian efforts around the world. And that, this was no exception. We were the first company to ship uh, PPE into China during China's own Wuhan uh, virus outbreak. And of course, now we're moving a lot of it back here. Uh, since then, we've um, been working very closely with FEMA. Uh, we work with the Health and Human Services Organization and the FDA uh, to get uh, to monitor the kits that are being approved by the uh, under the emergency use authorization by the FDA. And also now we've been working with the states and some cities. And now I think uh, beyond that, we'll be working with companies to help them all get back to work again. Yeah. Now these testing uh, kits, the, sh- the shipments have to uh, have to rely on speed and temperature. I, I would think. So, uh, how are those being handled, and what kind of infrastructure would be needed to to support that? Uh, it's interesting you, you asked that question because the test kits, when they first the first test kits that we, that came out were um, di- diagnostic tests, the PCR tests, molecular based tests, and they were telling the CDC was telling us and telling everybody that the samples had to be transported in temperature-controlled boxes. They had to be mm. kept at 2 to 8 degrees centigrade. They were afraid that the samples would come back. They'd get too hot and get, get, false, get false negatives, perhaps. So uh, that was the first few weeks, and then they relaxed that requirement. So we're no longer required to move the samples in temperature-controlled conditions, mm, but okay. the reagents do have. The reagents, the chemicals that help to make the, the, um, the test results happen, those reagents do have to be uh, shipped at minus 20 degrees and stored. And um, it's a, it's an infrastructure, we call it cold chain. The cold chain infrastructure we have within UPS is, is able to handle that. Any temperatures, any transport medium, any lanes that we have to move, uh, we, of course, we're, we're, we're very well equipped. And of course, Markin is what, as well. They've been doing that for years. Well, uh, inbound logistics mission is to encourage companies to transform to become demand-driven enterprises. So looking ahead, 
Uh, plenty of testing kits will be hitting the market at a rapid pace. Uh, some tests will go directly to patients' homes, and samples are sent directly to labs by the patient and so on. Logistically, with uh, this monumental uptick in demand, uh, how does UPS handle the increase in shipments, more pickups and drop-offs, and tracking millions of tests? That's a, that's a, that's a complicated question. We have two types of tests now. Of course, we, we're all hearing about the antibody tests. Mm-hmm. And I believe that the way the world is moving now is to put together a combination of both tests, the diagnostic test that, that tells you whether you have the virus, and the second is the antibody test, or the serologic test, which is usually a finger prick or a blood test that says you have the antibody and you're perhaps immune from the disease. And I think the combination of those two tests will be how companies decide to bring their employees back to work. So to answer your question, of course, we believe that many of these tests will be home-based. We think that the FDA is getting more and more comfortable with being able to do these tests at home. And if you have to send samples into the lab, you can do that either through UPS or through uh, the Postal Service, but I doubt they'll do that. I think UPS will be a very, very easy way to get those samples to the lab. Uh, we have a very, very strong residential pickup and drop-off service throughout the country. We have drop boxes and UPS stores everywhere. Uh, patients will be able to drive within five miles of their home and, and drop a sample off at any one of these locations and get to the lab within uh, tw- 24 hours, and then the lab results will come back in a day after that. So. We are ready, and UPS has actually seen a big increase in residential drops and stops, and that's helping us to get the synergy and the cost-effectiveness that we need to make this happen for the country. I think it's something we can do. Uh, We're preparing for it now. We're watching closely who gets their samples approved and who gets their labs approved, and we'll be there ready for them when they need us, and then we'll be starting to outreach to our own clients to see if our clients could use our help logistically with getting their employees back to work. All right. Speaking of that preparing then, are there any more investments planned along those lines? We are. Well, the company's always investing in new technology. So we have really very good track and trace technology. Now we can, uh, some, some of these companies we're working with, we will be tagging a critical package with an RFID label. And this RFID label will allow that package to be, visible within the hub when it arrives at a hub and when it goes onto the aircraft and then arrives at another hub uh, as as the packages move through our network we'll be able to see these packages because of its tagging and that gives the customer also some uh, some reliance and some i guess uh, some comfort that their samples are being transported and they'll be arriving at the lab and if results uh, need to come back uh, in a package of course We'll be able to do that as well. So investments are always being made here. Uh, I don't think there's anything specific because the technology already exists within UPS. So outside of the companies, then, how are you personally finding balance during this pandemic? <laughs> I think we're all struggling with that. I mean, I think there's, there, there, is, there are some silver linings in all this. I mean, we're getting to know our families a little better. We're spending sure. a lot more time in our own homes. So I see a lot more people walking and riding bicycles and uh, exercising, perhaps. I think uh, the springtime is here, so the flowers are out. So there's things to look forward to, I think. But, you know, there's nothing like human interaction. And I think at some point we all have to get back to being with people again and uh, doing what we do best in business. Uh, the balance has been uh, has been tough. Oddly enough, I think I'm working harder here at home than I've worked <laughs> in a long time uh, because you just – 
you roll out of bed in the morning and you're at your office and you stay there until whenever the business stops. And of course, we're a 24 hour global company and uh, the demand is always there. There's always somebody awake wanting something. So yeah. it's, it's been a, it's been a tough, a tough challenge, but I think we'll get through this. And I'm very optimistic that with the UPS connecting the dots around the world, that will help to make this world a safer place. Yeah. All right. So then where can uh, our audience go to find out more about UPS Healthcare's efforts during this very challenging time? Well, I'm really happy to say we have our new, our own LinkedIn uh, address now. So you can go to UPS Healthcare on LinkedIn and follow us there. We, we just launched that last week. Of course, we have our own landing page on ups.com slash healthcare. You can see more there. And uh, UPS itself is, is posting every single day the kinds of things we're doing to help the governments and state governments and countries around the world to make the shipments happen and store uh, the needed test kits that we need for for getting us back to recovery. Well, uh, hopefully with uh, UPS Healthcare's efforts, we will be on the other side of this sooner rather than later. Uh, Wes Wheeler, thank you so much for uh, taking some time out to talk with us. Uh, until uh, this is all done, stay safe, stay strong, and uh, most importantly, stay home. But thank you so much. <laughs> thank you very much for the opportunity, and good luck. Safe, be safe yourself. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.